Hey everybody, welcome to the next episode of the Strand Tennis Center podcast, filled with tips, advice, tennis, not tennis, just life advice too, whatever you need. Uh, like it on YouTube, share it on uh, the podcast as well. Thank you. Welcome to the Strand Tennis Center podcast, everybody. We actually have a working office here, so if you hear some clicking or typing in the background, that is the incredible Ruth Ann that is doing her work all the time behind that green screen. Why don't you just pan over to that green screen real quick, Santi, so everybody can see behind the window. We call her the Wizard of Oz. She's always working. So when I pontificate and she doesn't respond, I know I'm on to something. So I'm going to discuss playing and uh, choking. Choking is a big deal, right? People do it a lot, but you... It's... Choking is really a crazy thing because they say your brain just works on a different level in the sense of something that becomes second nature. You practice it long enough and you do it long enough. When you choke, you're aware of all those movements. So you become very aware of stuff that is second nature. And when you become very aware of the stuff of second nature, you have a tendency to... <laughs> what do you need, Reese? Clipboard. She needs a clipboard. Uh, I don't have it she doesn't have it. We're 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 actually taking attendance as well during this podcast. Kids, come in. So, you start to become aware of something that is really second nature robotic. That's what nervousness does. And and say something uh, like, "Where's a great, great choke?" Like if you remember Yana Navadna, who was, you know, passed away, which is which is terrible. One one Wimbledon, but had lost Wimbledon to Steffi Graf. I think she won the first set. I don't know, 6-1, she was up 5-2, like she was just totally killing her, and then she became aware of the situation. And when you become aware of the situation, that's what happens. You, you start to lose that second nature ability where you don't even think about things. So things that are like, so they did a test, you know, they can do a test, and this is in a lot of different books too. You can do a test about if you have something that's wrote in your body, you can do something else at the same time. But if it's not wrote in your body, you can't do the other thing. And that's the issue. So Yana Navatna was up 5-2 and lost the match because you become aware of the situation. And, and Rafa's great book, uh, it's just called Rafa. The year before he won Wimbledon, he was had match points or was, I forget where it was. And he said he literally, instead of being in his process, became aware of the situation and said, I'm going to win Wimbledon, and then he lost. And he double-faulted and, and basically choked on a smaller level. You can choke on a larger level or a smaller level, but that, I mean, that's a pretty big situation, but you can choke and just play a terrible match the whole time and the whole situation gets you. Everyone experiences nervousness, and I think the best way to combat that is to get into the process, right? That's why players do rituals and all these ticks and things, rituals being they bounce the ball at the same time, they touch their shirt at the same time, they do all these things, so they stay in the process. Once you become aware of the end, once you become aware of the magnitude of the situation, this is when you start to be aware of your movements and you start to be aware of the stroke instead of it being second nature. So that's why they stay in the process and in the moment so they don't get aware of the bigger picture. So that's how you combat choking. You have to stick with rituals. You have to stick with process. And you can imagine, and, and there's two twofold way of not choking. You can 
get prepared before the match with visualization. There's a lot of visualization techniques, breathing techniques you can do. Imagining the perfect match. Imagining shaking your partner's hand after you've won the match. Imagining the perfect foreign. You can do all that before the match. You can't do it during the match because then you're not in the present moment. So the way to prepare, obviously, physically, get loose, get warmed up, but we're on the mental side here. You must visualize the perfect match, the perfect forehand, the perfect hit. Ending of the match, they say, like, again, just imagine shaking the opponent's hand after you've won the match. Then when you get into the match, you have to get caught into your rituals. You have to bounce the ball at the same time. You have to grab the strings, look down. You know, uh, you have to tie your shoes whenever you tie them. You really have to. Um, rituals are huge to stay away from choking and that's why people do it and that's why players are really OCD that's why players you know even superstitious wise will like and that's why they said you know Borg kind of retired he was like 26, 27 and he just his brain exploded because he would do the same thing every day in the same process process, process to stay focused but at one point your brain just can't handle it and uh there was a moment, like, and this is a whole other side note I go on to it. He was so focused on his process that he was like, listen, I need six months off. But the problem with the USTA or, and the ATP at that point was they were like, all right, well, you're going to lose all these points and you're going to have to requalify. Instead of letting Borg get a break, he was like, forget it. I'm not coming back then. So that's a whole other thing. But this is why, to me, success is like finite, right? It could be 10 years or 12 years on that level because you have to have such a laser focus, such a routine. Nothing gets in the way of it. I remember Sampa needed, I don't know, he'd sleep 11 hours at night and he couldn't, you know, ever, total darkness and blah, blah, blah. Like, you can't, like, these guys, it's on another level of focus. But take, again, uh, like, I think a lot of this podcast is taking 60 or 80% of that or 40%, right? Is not saying, oh, I have to be this. But if I can do 40% of what they're doing, I'll be pretty successful because I, I, I'm not trying to win Wimbledon. Maybe I'm just trying to win my club tournament. Maybe I'm just trying to be better at work. Maybe I'm just trying to be a better athlete or be in better shape. So most of it is just being in better shape, right? So being healthy. So do... Make sure you do 60% of a crazy focus. Like we were talking about uh, David Goggins last podcast, right? Do 60% of him. That guy's insane, right? You can't run 100 miles. If you do 60 or 40% of it, you're pretty successful. So I think you can take all of those good things out of being obsessive of those people and make it great. Because remember... Your strength is your weakness. You get too obsessive and it goes the other way. You have to be really careful about being super obsessive. But this podcast is more about choking. Um, there's so many great stories about it, right? You can – and great players have choked too. It's not just like a, a, a weird story about somebody that gets in a situation and they blow it. I mean people have I – mean, what was that great ad by uh, – Michael Jordan, he said, I've missed 100 game-winning shots or all this thing. It's a, you see it on all these videos. You know, it, f the learnings and the failures, right? Those are the learning parts, right? You can, you can improve your rituals. You can say, what did I do in this moment? What can I, what can I do? Um, so the biggest way to combat choking is visualize before and then have a ritual of a process before, uh, during the match. So when I played, I would uh, bounce the ball four times, Take a breath, 
And then the the second, I should know this is amazing. I haven't played a match. And then the second serve was five times. Take a breath. And then I would touch this shirt. I would touch the wrist and all that. Yeah, but I, I wish I could. I used to write them down, but it was so long ago before you played. But those have to be very specific your rituals, because if you're not connected to them, you're 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 just lost. And uh, there's no intent then. You have you have no intent to win. The rituals gives you an intent to win too. I remember going to a Princeton. Uh, was, coaching a girl from Princeton and we went to the match and they were playing Rutgers and you went out there and you have to suspend belief. Even if Rutgers is supposed to lose, those girls went out there at Rutgers, like no, not connected, looking around. They just knew they were going to lose. They felt like they had no shot. Every Princeton kid had an intent to win. They were like, I'm going to focus. I'm going to win. This is what I'm going to do. The Rutgers kids were like out there going, you know, I hope this, I hope I win a point. You can just see the intent by the process. So that process also gives you an intent and gives you the opportunity to choke. How about you just get the opportunity to choke? Because if you don't have that process, you will never have the opportunity to choke a situation. So processes will give you the opportunity to choke. Look at it that way. That's a, that's a, uh, that is a motivational talk, isn't it? Have a good process so you have the opportunity to choke, Santi, right? It's very important. Um, if you don't have a belief that you are going to do something or win, you won't do any of those things to get to that process. I mean, if you really are, say you're undermatched or undermanned, this happens all the time. All underdogs win, right? And it's not because the, the great team chokes. They just, this team will just not believe that they're going to lose. And it doesn't make any sense, right? They should never win. Uh, uh, NC State in Houston in basketball, Villanova in Georgetown in basketball in 85, right? They should have never won, right? But those things happen. Uh, you know, the hockey, you know, the, the Olympic hockey team in 1980, right? They should have won. But when the belief is strong enough, you can do things that are just out of this world, right? You can do things that don't make any sense. What happens with the placebo effect, right? How come people in wartime when they get sugar pills and they have to do surgery, don't feel any pain. Why is that? Because people convince them or believe them that those pills are effective and that they're really getting something. And you can do the same thing in tennis or in any sport. You can have such a belief that you are going to win, such a belief that you are going to do this, that strange things happen. So, you know, this has gone from choking to belief, and but you need belief to get that opportunity. So, um, Hopefully this helps with having a good vision, having a good focus, and uh, realizing that when you get in those situations, if you fail, that's a learning experience, and go back to your process. It's all about process and process. Santi, ever choke in a situation? All the time. All the time. Come on, give me an example. Uh, well, I had rituals. Can okay. Rituals? Yeah. Yeah, come on. Explain the ritual. Uh, I had, when I was playing in high school, I had rituals. Uh, let me see if I'm close. Right. I had rituals. Um, one thing I would play, we'd play doubles. I was first dubs, second dubs. Um, if I got a ball that I felt like wasn't going to win, I would tell my partner to give me another ball. And it's not even how much pressure okay. is in the ball. It's just like an OCD thing. I get it. So a lot of like rituals are OCD things, right? So my first serve, I'd bounce a, at least three or four times. And then second serve, I'd just bounce once, okay. maybe twice. And then I'd go for it. I, like, I rush the second serve. Because I know it, like it's just a thing that I do. Okay. Um, but you know, choking uh, in terms of tennis, oh well, there's I don't say this was a choking time, but this was in the counties. 
something bad that I did. This is kind of off topic, but don't eat a big meal before your match. Oh, sure. I got sleepy. I got very sleepy. I had a sub, and then, like, before the match, (laughs) and then we lost. I think we lost, like, 6-1, 6-3, something like that. Yeah, I had a sub, and then we lost. It was was definitely because of What kind of sub? Was it worth it? It was from Quick Check or whatever. (laughs) It wasn't that great. It was good. You know, it was my lunch, and I was like, I'm hungry. I'm going to eat. And then I got super sluggish, and, like, and the boys, we play in spring slash, you know, early summer kind of thing. So it got hot, and... Yeah, so don't, you got nauseous do too. I don't say I got nauseous. Uh, I just is really sluggish and sleepy on the court. You had a full sub, at least half of uh. it. Yeah, I had brought a full thing, but I ate at least half, and then and this was like you know, and then twenty minutes later, they're like they called your name. They're like, okay, go play. I'm like, you're like ready to pass yeah, out, yeah, and watch TV so, instead. So that's that's one tip I have. That's just a random don't thing. one tip. Yeah, don't, don't eat subs don't eat, before uh, match. Don't eat any. Don't eat too much. I would say <laughs> definitely have like a granola bar if you need. Um, but choking wise, speaking of the uh, yeah. ritual part, you know, uh, like Richard Gasquet, you know, the French player. Yeah. If you watch him, he plays a point. Yeah. And he wants that ball back every time. Oh really? Yeah. He asks the Ugh. ball boy for that ball he gets back. It's gonna get lost in somewhere. Yeah. I know, like, uh, like Nadal, he has this ritual. He like goes behind his ear yeah, and then he picks that. his wedgie. Yeah, yeah. And then then he goes. Even if he misses, even if he faults, he does it again. He does. Everyone has their rituals. Series it's of a OCDs, superstition man. thing. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, don't go too crazy on your rituals though, you know, but definitely like it helps you like calm, stay calm and be in the moment. Well, you talk about crying. crazy rituals. There was a, uh, I was, a, I don't know, premier soccer league, but I have no idea the names or stuff, but he had a ritual where he had to be the last one to leave the locker room. Oh, every, like in the beginning that. and the last one to leave the locker room at halftime. But one of the players that he, that his teammates got injured and was in the locker room. Okay. So he didn't start the second half because he wouldn't leave until that player was out of there. Oh, what the? Think about how how crazy that's, that that's is. So the little... player's injured in there. He goes, yeah. oh, he's got to get his treatment first. Oh I can't God. leave, and he wouldn't he wouldn't play. Oh my goodness! See, that's when you get to the point that's where you're like, much. wait a yeah, minute, you gotta you gotta get out there and you play. You can't get too much into it because then, you know, then it, inhi- it inhibits the way you can naturally play. You should just be confident and go out there. Easier said than done, yeah, my friend. I know. Easier yeah. said than done. Yeah. These rituals they hang on to because it yeah. feels like it gives them confidence. Like, yeah. And again, like somebody like Wade Boggs would eat a chicken ev- before every game. Now, is that really going to make you get three hits? But you, uh, mm-hmm. but you need this belief. You need this to say, all mm-hmm. right, this is going to help me because it hooks you onto something that mm-hmm. gives you belief. It doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Right. He was a baseball player for uh, the Yankees and the Red Sox, but. Doesn't really make any sense. I'm sure he had chicken one day and went 0 for 4. You know what I mean? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. But one day you do it or you don't do it and you are aware yeah. of how bad a game you play. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense. I'm, I I was never really into rituals. Maybe that's why I didn't right. win too much, Sunday. No. It's um, a lie. No, but uh, I was never into like When we played, I don't remember like eating the same meal and doing all that. I remember yeah. eating the same meal because... It was good to eat that meal right. before, but not because, oh, I have to eat it if I can't find it. But Okay. Yeah, there's a fine line. Like I told you, it's like obsession, right? The fine yeah, line between obsessing, it being a good thing, and then it being a negative thing. You gotta be real careful. It's a fine line. Agreed. 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 Thank you, son. All right. You're welcome. Thank you, everybody. Enjoy the podcast. Share it, please. Hey, everybody. Hope you like the podcast. 
please share it with your friends, anybody that you know, anybody that's into tennis, anybody that's into bettering themselves, share it.